Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, and this is a very special episode of the Gifted Life. Our executive producer, Kirsten Hines, had a unique opportunity, and boy, did she take it all the way to California. This is one you don't want to miss. It's a little different than what you're used to, but we hope that you love it just as much as we do. We love it so much. We want other people to hear it too, but we need your help. We try to make it as easy as possible for you guys to find and share us. We want you to rate and subscribe us. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, guys. It's just that easy now. On social media, for Facebook, Donate Life Louisiana, Twitter and Instagram, we're at Donate Life LA. A lot of what we talk about today, especially, will be on those social media pages. And remember, we have that hotline, 504-648-3477. Some of what you call in could be used on this podcast. We just love sharing your stories, and this is a way that you can be a part of that life-saving journey. So right now, let's turn things over to Kirsten Hines and this special episode. Every time I hear music like that, I can't help but think about a parade. And who doesn't love a parade? Whether it was your high school homecoming parade, the hometown Christmas parade, or a big old Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday parade. There's nothing quite like seeing those first set of flashing lights coming down the street from the motorcade signaling it's all about to start. And the excitement you can literally feel as the bass drum leads the tempo to the marching band. All the dance teams and horses and the pageantry of the parade dignitaries. And of course, the floats. This is Kirsten Heinz, one of the Gifted Life podcast producers, and I've been to many parades in my life growing up in New Orleans. I've even rode in a couple. I didn't think anything could top a New Orleans parade. With our decadent flair and our love of music, a unique culture, but that changed after my recent experience at the Rose Bowl Parade. Lope has been a sponsor of the Donate Life Float for the last 10 years. And to celebrate this milestone, we sponsored two donor families, and I was lucky enough to accompany them. I was basically their own personal paparazzi pest, sticking my microphone or my camera in their faces the entire trip. But this also gave me the opportunity to work alongside the families and help decorate the float. It's an experience I don't think any of us will ever forget. The basic structure of the floats are built months in advance, but the entire float has to be covered in flowers and organic materials. It's one of the rules for the Rose Parade. There's nothing artificial, so since you're dealing with all live materials, everything has to be built and put together and decorated basically in 10 days. And these floats are massive. so. To make this happen, it requires thousands of volunteer hours for each float. And you can imagine the smells, the amazing colors, with literally millions of flowers used. 
One of the estimates I read said it takes about 18 million flowers for the whole parade to be decorated. I was amazed by the creativity of the different materials they use. They've got berries and fruits on the wings of butterflies. They used kelp on the beak of the macaws. Had shaved coconut to create white pages of books. And of course, the crew that I decorated with, we will never forget our lesson in petaling. So petaling involves cutting the petals off of flowers and gluing each one individually onto the float. It was a pretty tedious task, and we quickly learned how serious the float captains take this. But we finally got it right. We even got promoted to camera side, which we thought was a big accomplishment. There were so many beautiful flowers and plants, and sometimes your eyes didn't even know where to look. There was just so much beauty on these floats, but there was one special item that probably had the most meaning, and it can only be found on the Donate Life float. And those were florographs. The theme of this year's float was the gift of time. It was this gorgeous tropical float with big macaws, and right in the center was this massive Aztec calendar. And all around the calendar were the 44 florographs. And on the Donate Life float, the florographs are of our organ, eye, and tissue donors. And two of them were from Louisiana. Our florograph honorees were Christian Nelson and Kelly Terrio. Both Christian and Kelly were registered donors, and it's a decision their families are very proud of. Kelly's family loves to talk about his great personality and amazing sense of humor. And his first gift of time was service to our country. He joined the U.S. Air Force after high school, and after serving two years in the Middle East, he became an active firefighter for the Columbus Air Force Base. As a registered donor, Kelly was able to save five people, and they are now enjoying the gift of more time with their loved ones. Christian's mom, Jen, shared her thoughts about the significance of the floats theme while we were talking at the parade. The, gift that he, the gifts that he gave and continues to give, um, I mean, it's just, it's perfect theme for, for this float, and him, you know, being a hero and being on that float, it's just, I'm I mean, it's an honor. It's a huge honor. And he's just, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm just so excited and happy and just full of pride. One of the best things about the Donate Life Rose Parade are all the events leading up to the parade. In addition to finishing florographs and helping to decorate the float, the donor families got to spend time with other donor families at various events. They placed roses on the float in honor of their loved ones. They had designated meeting times and places where they could trade stickers of their loved one's florograph and share stories about them. There was a wonderful brunch for the families of all the florograph honorees, and it was there that we first met Carrie Holland. Carrie created individual quilts for each of the 44 donor families whose loved ones were honored with a florograph on this year's float. When I talked to Carrie, I found out that she really understands what these families are going through. They're not the only ones out there that are going through, you know, I'm 
you know, from my husband received an organ and then my brother was able to save two lives by giving his kidneys to two strangers. And so I'm kind of on both ends of the giving and taking. And I just want these families to appreciate the fact what the, their family members done because I appreciate what my brother done because of what my husband went through and by receiving an organ himself. Wow. So it was very great to be able to do that. And I loved making the quilts and then I made them and the quilts kind of picked the person because I read each story of the family members that received a quilt and I went through my quilts and basically the quilt spoke to me and said okay this family's going to get this quilt and it's so amazing because meeting the families today so many of them told me oh my god this was their favorite color oh my god this is exactly what they would want you know and it just touches my heart that they were so happy to receive these and and to me it's like our loved ones are out there with parts of them out there that are shared with other people too so all very interwoven I love the symbolism And Kelly's mom, Julie, was blown away by the quilt she received. As soon as it was opened, the blue in it popped out at me. Um, Of course, his baby blue eyes. Um, He showed up again. The quilt has lots of blue in it. So I'm once again shaken at the core because my baby showed up for me again. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful and amazing that she made so many and picked each one, like intuitively knew which one to give to you. She didn't know my son, didn't know me, but somehow he he went to her and told her what my quilt needed to look like. It's amazing. There was a wonderful brunch for the families of all the Florograph honorees. This was not just a brunch, but a celebration of life. Musician, American Idol contestant, and two-time organ recipient, Scott McIntyre, performed for all the attendees. We were so excited to catch up with him and learn about his journey, upcoming project, and what the gift of time means to him. Organ donation has touched me in a very profound way. I've actually been the recipient of two kidneys in my lifetime. I've had two kidney transplants. The first was uh, a while ago. A lot of people know me from American Idol and the first kidney transplant was before my time on American Idol and I went from not being able to make music at all to making music on that show which was amazing for me and it's because of that gift that I auditioned and married my wife Christina and got to do so many things Um, but then I actually needed a second kidney transplant and once again went through that journey and uh, as I was getting sicker and sicker I eventually got that phone call again and uh, went through my second kidney transplant except the second time it was given to me by an anonymous donor it was a living donor but it was someone I'd never met never did anything for didn't know who it was and and this person was giving of themselves so that I could live Um, I got to meet her six weeks after and she was uh she was 27 years old at the time her name is misty and she had three kids and is just a beautiful person and i just gave her a hug and said you saved my life (laughs) that's amazing i was going to ask if you got to meet so um so is that your inspiration for being here and what was it what was the day like for you today the day the day was amazing for me today yeah it's anytime i i get to speak on behalf of recipients to donor families and even living donors too but lots of donor families here this morning obviously for the floor graph brunch it's it's such an honor everyone who spoke 
said it, uh, just just the privilege we have to even stand in front of so many people at once who have made that courageous decision in the hardest moments of their life, losing a loved one, to decide to give hope to someone else out of that tragedy takes a lot of courage and takes a lot of foresight. And uh, I'm so thankful that every, every family here made that decision for life. It really inspires me to live every day to the fullest. That's amazing. And hope is a, a new, th- uh, continuing theme for you now, right? You've got it a new project? It is, yeah. We just released uh, a movie. It's a documentary. It's called I Am Hope. Scott McIntyre's inspirational transplant journey. And uh, right now, the only place you can see I Am Hope is on Pure Flix. It's kind of like Netflix. It's like the, (laughs) it's pureflix.com. And you can sign up for free and watch it and uh, try out the membership and whatnot. But we released it there first and then we'll be doing a DVD of it soon and some other things. But we caught it all on film. Me me going through the the journey with my wife and um, meeting my donor for the first time this this anonymous person that gave up herself we got it uh, we, we had wow. a camera person there and to capture our, our first moments together and then surprise ending uh, my wife and I actually have a baby and so Uh-oh, spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert but he would not be here Christian would not be here without that gift of life and it's amazing to see how my donor not only saved my life but she allowed us to create a new life as well One of the float riders was Grateful Heart recipient and former NFL Cincinnati Bengals coach Sam Weish. Coach Sam shared his story and injected a little humor during the brunch, and I was excited to have the opportunity to talk with him afterwards. I um, am a heart transplant recipient. Fifteen months ago, I was uh, really close to the end. I'd, doctors had already sent me home or made arrangements to send me home and let hospice, quote, take care of me for as long as necessary, twice. Yikes. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't let them do it. And I hung around long enough till a heart came in and uh, it was found at the, literally at the last moments. And I'm, I'm hearing now that my uh, time left on planet Earth was less than I realized. They didn't want to tell me the absolute truth, but I'm, I'm gaining, I'm closing in on finding out exactly how close it was, but it was close. But uh, God had his hand on my shoulder, I'll tell you, and he uh, provided great doctors, a airplane that was fast and a pilot that was good and retrieved that, that heart. I don't know my donor family or the donor himself, whether it was a, in fact, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, I don't know where or what he did, uh, but one day I hope to, and that's their call, the donor family's call. Have you written to them? I've written them three times. They've written me back once, and they said that they would, uh, you know, they would one day hope to uh, feel like they could come and meet me and be comfortable. But uh, right now, they're not ready. They're just still grieving. Sam's comments about his donor's family made me reflect on all the ways time could be a gift. For Sam, it was obviously an extension of life, more time with his family and loved ones, and in much better health than he had been before his transplant. But time is also a gift to those grieving. A donor mother once told me, you never stop missing your loved one. But with time, the pain softens. So maybe in time, the family of Sam's donor will want to meet him and celebrate the gift of that special connection many recipients share with their donor's family. 
I know meeting the recipients has really helped both Jen and Julie in their grief journey. But on this New Year's morning, the only time that matters is parade time. They're both counting down the minutes until the whole world gets to see their sons on the Donate Life Rose Parade float. So we left the hotel early that morning and walked to the grandstands. It was about a mile away, and we were amazed to see how many people looked like they had camped out all night just to get a good spot for the parade. Our float organizers purchase a block of tickets in two sets of grandstands across from each other. In addition to all the work they put into the float and all the events leading up to the parade, they make sure the Florograph families and the families of the riders and the walkers are on the same side as their loved one. They really do think of everything when they put this together. So once we were seated, the waiting began. Someone in our group decided we should let everyone else on the parade route know who we were with our very own cheer. Then, about a half hour before the parade started, we received word that our float had won the theme award, and our sections of the grandstands exploded into applause and even some tears. I was sitting next to Julie, and she was pointing out some of the families around us that she'd met at different events. I had met the couple behind us. They were the parents of Major Benjamin Meir, better known as Chex. Chex was an Air Force fighter pilot who did his flight training at Columbus Air Force Base and was there at the same time Kelly was stationed there as a firefighter. And now both men were being recognized for another act of heroism. Talk about a small world. His parents helped get permission for Chex's fighter plane and another one from his squad to flank a stealth bomber to signify the start of the parade. The plane on the left represented all the donors who had given the gift of life, while the plane on the right symbolized all those who had received the gift of life. There was barely a dry eye in our section after they flew over. And that was just the beginning of the parade. We sat back and tried to enjoy the parade. Every so often, one of us would double-check the float lineup in the program to see how many more floats till we would see ours. And then we had a little scare when the UPS float, which some of us had helped work on, had a mechanical problem and almost hit our grandstand. They had to get a tow truck to move it, and our donor families were starting to get worried because the bands and the floats were going around the UPS float, and it would have completely blocked our view. Julie had me laughing through the tension, saying things like, they don't want to see this Cajun mama go crazy if she can't see her baby. Thankfully, they managed to get it moved a few floats before ours. And then it was here. I asked Julie what it was like for her right after the float passed. Uh, I was not prepared for the visual of him actually being in the parade. It was completely amazing, breathtaking, heart-stopping. It was something that I just can't describe. 
Jen also had a hard time putting the experience into words. It was amazing. I just really, I don't even know how to put it into words. It was breathtaking. I, um, my phone was blowing up already right before I came because they showed it on TV back home. And um, so my phone was blowing up and just that in itself just made me tear up because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my baby was on TV and the whole nation just saw him, the whole world just saw him. Um, so then when it got to me, I just um, I just didn't have words. I mean, I'm, I was shaking, I was crying and I'm just so proud. It's really an overwhelming feeling, but it's, it's such a happy, good feeling inside because I'm just so so proud. I found myself reflecting about the float's theme long after the parade was over. My parents are getting older and starting to have some health issues of their own. I realize what a gift my time is with them and how sometimes we take those moments with our loved ones for granted. These women reminded me to relish that time. And I'm so grateful to the families for sharing this experience with me. We've reached the hero segment of the Gifted Life podcast, and as we do in every episode, we honor a hero. But today, it is a special episode. We want to honor 44 heroes, and these 44 heroes were featured during the Rose Parade, which is what we're featuring on the Gifted Life today. We want you to get to know those 44 people who saved and enhanced lives through the gift of organ eye and tissue donation. How do you do that? It's pretty simple. You can go to donatelifefloat.org or on Facebook at Donate Life Float. There you can read details of the lives of those 44 Florograph honorees. Let's pause and say thank you to all those who give the gift of life. Right? A pretty powerful episode. Thank you to Kirsten Hines and Troy Perez of The Gifted Life for bringing these stories to us. It's amazing, incredible. And I love that theme, the gift of time. It means so much to so many. Now, I had a chance to watch the two families that we featured before, during, and after the Rose Parade uh, through social media, texts, phone calls. They were so proud of these heroes. I could feel it. I was proud as well. Now you can experience more at lopa.org or donatelifefloat.org. There's much more to be seen, to be read, to be discovered. Check that out. And I think we all want to say thank you to our partners from across the country, especially those in California. They work so hard every year to make the Rose Parade so special for not only our families from Louisiana, for all of these families. And you got to love that. That's a good partnership there. Now, we hope we inspired you, and we hope that you go out and do something today that you don't normally do to help us make life happen, because we know you can do it. Remember, registerme.org, guys. Sign up today. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Sally Gentry. Our producers are Kirsten Hines and Shalon Carraway. We are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Metairie, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.